Greetings. Welcome to episode 24 of Dr. Will's Software Project Leadership Podcast, Developing a Development Team, Part 2. How does a group develop integrity, wholeness, cohesion, unity? How does it become a team? Last episode, I talked about trust and shared values and accountability, performance, communication. Let's keep drilling in. There needs to be clarity on roles and responsibilities. There is a dynamism here. Rigidly defined roles with rigidly specified responsibilities fail in a world where different people bring different strengths and weaknesses to the table. Roles will or should generally define what the person with that role is expected to produce during different stages of the SDLC, the software development lifecycle. The role imparts the responsibility to the person with the role. Before the person is assigned or accepts the role, the person should know what responsibilities they are shouldering. Senior engineering responsibilities should include mentoring junior engineers. One problem with an ad hoc team is that there's no sense of permanence. Not that anything is really permanent these days, but there's no sense of continuity, no sense that things will continue on after our involvement has ended. Hence, there's little mentoring going on. There also needs to be clarity on authority. Team and project management generally rely on authority rather than persuasion to get things done. A self-directed team will exercise that authority over its own activities, but that team needs to be above average before it's truly capable of self-direction. Finally, the question is what should be done about social loafers or toxic team members? I want to spend some more time on communication, so toxicity is going to have to have its own episode. A gelled team communicates. That's probably a no-brainer, but you'd be surprised at how little or how badly most people communicate. Communication has four aspects. First of all, transmission with whatever media is used for the transmission. Generally, in technology, it's speaking and writing. Much more generally, it may include art and music and that sort of thing. But we're engineers, not musicians, at least when we're on the job. Reception with the medium that's being used is perceptually that is hearing or seeing. So with luck and some training, it's going to be also listening and reading with comprehension. Next is cognition. The often neglected art of thinking before speaking. Let me repeat that. The often neglected art of thinking before speaking and writing, or while and after listening and reading. You know, you haven't finished listening until you've reflected on what you have heard. Absent that reflection, you've never finished listening to what you did hear. Finally, attention. Attention focuses the mind. You see or hear what you focus on, not vice versa. If your attention is focused on thinking about what you're going to say rather than receiving what is being said to you, then you're hearing, but you're not listening. People are immersed, drowning, overwhelmed in an ocean of communication these days. We get a tsunami of content, both audio and visual, from our environment. But it's mostly noise, with some few signals sprinkled in. Signal-to-noise ratio measures the relative strength of meaningful signals compared to the meaningless noise in a transmission. The internet has a horrible signal-to-noise ratio. So the real question becomes, what is your personal signal-to-noise ratio? Mindful communication encourages us to ask whether what we are about to share is true, necessary, and kind. You've probably heard that before. We should add, does it improve on the silence? If we could get some silence, that is. That's it for me, for you, for now. Hope you have a great day and a great week. You be careful out there. I'll be seeing you. Bye.